Hey there, this is Shane from the Bourbon Abroad podcast. You're probably wondering where we went. Didn't those guys promise an episode about the top bar in the world? Yes, we did. And here it is. We apologize for the delay. We had to take a short break between episodes. Some of it was due to scheduling snags. Some of it was because Mike and I were both on the road. A quick note. This episode was recorded when Paradiso was ranked number one by the world's 50 best bars. In the new rankings, which came out last month, Sips and Barcelona claimed the top spot. You can hear all about Sips in our first episode on Barcelona. And now, episode two. Your passports, please. Enjoy your trip. This is Bourbon Abroad. Round the world, one pour at a time. It's that brown water, man. It's, it's the juice. <laughs> the elixir of life. There is good bourbon to be found while abroad. Welcome to Bourbon Abroad, the podcast that travels the world one pour at a time. I'm Shane. And I'm Mike. And this is part two of Bourbon Abroad on Assignment in Barcelona. Now, last time, we talked about the city's cultural and culinary highlights, and we took you to two of the best bars in town. But in this episode, and Mike, I know you're excited for this, we're going to (laughs) Barcelona's best bar. And according to 50 Best Bars, the current best bar in the world, Paradiso. But you can hear or read about Paradiso in other places. What Bourbon Abroad is bringing you is an exclusive, because we're going to show you a side of Paradiso that few get to experience. But I think, Mike, at this point, I'm just going to get out of the way, and you can tell your story. Ah, Shane, man, let me tell you, this is now the second number one bar in the world that I've been to, and it was a completely different experience. Different good, different bad? Different good, but just you know, different because the other one, the Connaught Bar, that was an amazing experience. If you've never been there, if you've never tried it, even though they may not be, according to 50 best bars ranked number one in the world, they are one of the top bars in the world and it's something that should be experienced. I mean, it's, it's hands down just amazing, right? But this was just a different kind of experience. It's a different vibe to their bar. They are loosely billed as a speakeasy. Okay. Even though Everyone knows where they are. They're not hidden in any kind of way. The storefront there is a, is a deli. You can sit down at the counter and, and order a mean pastrami sandwich. And there's a little off to the, the left-hand side of the counter. There's like an old school ice chest, ice box freezer door mm-hmm. that opens, but it's visible from the street. There's no line. You can't make a reservation. But out front, they have a big sandwich board okay. with a QR code. So you kind of scan a QR code and you get into a digital queue or digital line. Okay. And then basically, once you register, they tell you like when your time is to come back. And I imagine that's pretty nice because it keeps it from having a long line outside, having all these people standing around. Yes. So what's it like once you go through the freezer box door? So you go through the freezer box door. It's uh, kind of like a jungle vibe. The bartenders are all wearing uniform shirts. Like Steve Irwin? Like Steve, not, not quite like <laughs> Steve Irwin. 
like their black shirts and they have like jungle themed sleeves and they got a lot of plants and, and like tropical plants and it's a wood ceiling. As soon as you walk in, the first thing it, that you come across is the bar. It's along the right hand wall and it kind of runs maybe 10 or 15 feet long. And then along the left side wall, they have like a little, uh, maybe like a 12 inch little bar along the wall with some stools there. Some mm-hmm. people can sit there. Once you get further in the back, they have tables. Luck of the draw, Season and I got sat dead center, the two middle bar stools at the bar, right in front of Federico. He was one of the head bartenders there that night. And man, it was amazing. Like we instantly, we were vibing, we hit it off. You know, we started talking, bantering back and forth. And, and then, you know, he's doing his thing, slinging drinks. And he showed us a really a great evening, a really good time. So what's the menu like? The menu is very unique. Got some, you know, really cool, inventive cocktails. It's highly elevated presentation. The attention to detail, the, the ingredients used, the high quality ingredients, the skill of the bartenders. I mean, it's very fast paced. There's a lot of people in there. You know, I'd say 50 to 70 people probably in there. Oh, wow. And it's, it's high volume. I mean, they're cranking these cocktails out, but they're doing it with panache, a little flair. They're flipping cups. You know, they're twirling bottles. They're, they're having a good time. They're still having interaction with, with the guests that are sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. Is the menu built around any theme? Not particularly that I'm aware of. Okay. I didn't know because it's Paradiso, it's got the tropical plants, the kind of the jungle thing. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, if- it was it was kind of a little bit all over the place. Like they have a drink called Tesla. Okay. And it comes out on this little wooden box that it's sitting on. And it has, you know, like the uh the stroke the I don't know what that is. It's like an electromagnetic field where you touch it and it like, yeah. like yeah. it shoots the lights out to your fingertips or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you sit your, they set the drink on one side of the wooden box and then it has this little probe that comes up that is like electrified. And so it's creating those colors in the drink in your glass. Oh, wow. Then when you pick the drink up off the wooden box, the light goes out. Yeah. Take your sip. And then when you set it back down on the wooden block, the wooden block, it lights back up. <laughs> Dude, it, it is cool. I mean, just like that, some really cool stuff like that. Yeah. Um, not that's definitely not jungle themed, but that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, like one of the presentations of the drink that they made, uh, that my wife ordered that season got, it was called the Cloud. Uh, yet again, a mezcal based drink. That's her thing. So it was right. like mezcal, hibiscus, uh, mm-hmm. had Montenegro Amaro, hmm. uh, vermouth, birch syrup. Okay. Yeah. And then it had like some sparkling water. Then what they did is they they like foamed. It was like a coffee. A coffee foam. Hmm. You know, they put the, the coffee liqueur into the machine and then it, it aerates it and creates like this eight or 10 inch long foam cloud, right? And they have your drink that has like a little stand above it. Okay. Like a wire like hanger a stand. Yeah. Yeah. And then they attach this coffee foam to that. So you got your drink standing and then about four inches above the drink, there's this foam column. So then as this coffee foam starts to condense and, you know, it's dripping off of this wire framework into your cocktail. So it's just adding to that flavor profile. That's really interesting. Is it on the gimmicky side or is this something that is both artistic yet at the same time is doing something to the drink and the experience? That's the thing. There's, there's a difference between people doing cocktail gimmicks and then it being artistic and bringing something to the cocktail mm-hmm. And that's what this did. It was just, it was an additional ingredient. Sure, it comes out, it's cool, it looks cool, but it is actually contributing to the flavor profile of the cocktail. That's cool. 
That's cool. As you drink the drink, it kind of evolved, the flavor evolved because more of that coffee liqueur was beginning to, you know, go into your drink. So yeah, it was very unique. One of the cocktails I had was, you'd be proud when you hear the name, but before before you, you, you go off on the, the whole gin thing, well, let me explain <laughs> what was in this. So I had the, the Evolution Negroni. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> and I know you think you've converted me to... To, to, to a gin guy. Uh, I, I just keep hearing all these stories about you drinking gin cocktails. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing the work over here. Yeah. But this, uh, this Negroni was more like a Boulevardier cause it was made with bourbon. Okay. So even though it was called the evolution Negroni, it had maker's mark bourbon. It was very, it was very tropical. Okay. It had mango. Are we talking mango juice or mango puree or, or what? It was mango juice. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't any pulp in it. All right. Some vanilla, had some vanilla flavor in it. Of course, Campari, sweet vermouth, chai tea. Okay. And Disserano. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it was good, man. It was really good. Instead of a like an orange wedge or an orange wheel mm-hmm. as the garnish, they did like a dehydrated orange and then they ground it into like a powder and then they, they did a paste out of it okay. and made a mold okay. and they turned it back into an orange wheel. But just like if it was the orange without the flesh, just like, you know, how the way the orange has like the grid shape to it. The only way I could describe it, it looked like the windshield to the, the Millennium Falcon. Okay. As it was in your drink, as it rehydrated, it got soft and kind of crumbled. And so again, I guess you could say gimmick, but it was very artistic and added to the flavor profile of the cocktail. Okay. Now, are you limited there to just ordering off the menu or will they go outside that? You can get a, you know, any a classic if you wanted to. You could just get a straight pour if you wanted. You could get, yeah, they they were willing to take uh, requests. I didn't make any. Okay. They had enough cool, unique items on their menu that I just wanted to kind of experience what they had to offer and and see what made them kind of what put them on the map and what what, what made them who they were. Now, I think when you called me after you got back from this place, and I don't remember, what time was it in the morning, your time, when you called? Uh, It was probably about uh, 1, (laughs) 1 1.30, I'd say. (laughs) And you were pretty amped up about this whole experience. But I, I remember you telling me something about a cocktail that involved lavender smoke or something like that, or... All right, so I started off with the Evolution Negroni. Mm -hmm. Then I had, uh, it was called the Great Gatsby. Okay. So the Great Gatsby was like a smoked old fashioned. Okay. They put it in the bell, they smoked it, you know, raised the bell off and all the smoke bellows out and stuff. So, you know, that's, that's the thing that, especially in the United States, we've seen that. You've been doing that in your kitchen for a while. I know, exactly. (laughs) But because old fashioned and bourbon based cocktails are still new. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in the European market, it's like a big deal. And so then it was like, all right, time to go. That was when I said, hey, Federico, I'm going to challenge you. Make something off the books. Can't be anything on your uh, the menu. And it can't be anything Paradiso serves. So this is what he came up with this drink. It had to have been something that he's made possibly before. Okay. Just because of the depth of it, it was very uh, complex. And uh, if it was the first time he ever made it, it just speaks to his mixology skills. Because this drink was fantastic. So the, the base was Johnny Walker Gold. They had Calvados, okay. the Antica Formula Vermouth, which is one of my favorite vermouths, or if not my favorite vermouth, Oloroso Sherry. Okay. And then he did it through, he did the smoked lavender. Now, how did he smoke the lavender? 
So he basically stuck the lavender in the cup, lit it on fire, and basically just let it burn out. Okay. All right. And then after he mixed the cocktail, he strained the cocktail through the lavender ashes. So then it picked up the smoke and everything from the lavender plus like the lavender essence. And man, that thing was good. He, he topped it all off with a chocolate truffle. Man, that thing was so good. Shane, I was just like, this guy knows his stuff, what, man. What was, the, what was the flavor profile like when you drank it? I mean, were you getting different flavors? Was everything melded together? Did it change as, as, you, as you drank it? it? It did change. Like I said, it was so complex. You could still tell that it was a whiskey-based cocktail. Mm-hmm. At times, you would pick up the apple notes mm-hmm. out of the, the Calvados. You know, the sherry would come through. The whole time, there was that presence of smoke. And then when you would eat the truffle, dude, it would just open up all this flavor explosion. It was very awesome, man. That sounds cool. That's that's Yeah, kudos to Federico. He did it. That, that drink was on point. Now, I know that that wasn't the end of your experience at Paradiso, even though Federico sends you off with this great display of his mixology skills. Uh, what happened next? After that happened, you know, I was just like, we're going to wrap it up. We want to cash out. And he's just like, hey, hold on. Before you do that, I'm taking a break. I just wanted to say goodbye. It was nice meeting you. Really looking forward to hearing the podcast. And But before you go, I want to introduce you to one of my friends. And he's got something special for you. And I'm just like thinking like, man, another cocktail. This is, you know, I'm trying to end the evening, yeah. you know, on a good note. <laughs> And so one of the other servers there is just like, hey, we want to invite you guys to the speakeasy within the speakeasy. Wait a second, what? Did I hear that right? So I turn, I look at my wife, like, am I hearing this? And she's just like, yeah, let's do it. Turn back and look at him. He's just like, so if you want to, if you're interested, come with me. (laughs) Okay, man, let's do this. Let's go to the speakeasy within the speakeasy. We get up, we follow him back through the depths of the bar. All the staff is kind of like they're, where they go back and take their break and the bar back and the ice and everything. And he's just like, Hey, we're, we're going to go through the bathroom. I'm like, what? And he's just like, yeah, come on. We're going to go through this bathroom. He's like, this is the, this is the staff bathroom. So we go into the bathroom. It's dark. I mean, the three of us barely fit me season and the server that we're following. It's a sink on one wall, a urinal on one wall and a toilet. It's three feet wide by five feet deep. At the, at, I mean, this thing's tiny. And we go inside and he shuts the door behind us and then he reaches for the soap dispenser and he pulls open the soap dispenser and there's a keypad inside the soap dispenser. And he punches in the code, beep, 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 beep. And the door, the wall that the sink is attached to goes and pops open (laughs) just like a half inch. And then he just pushes on the wall and the wall swings open and there is another speakeasy inside the bowels of the speakeasy. At least there was a keypad behind the soap dispenser. It wasn't something weird like <laughs> the door will only open if you're using the urinal <laughs> in the toilet at the same time. It's the only way. I mean, that'd be that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's a nice little keypad, so that was good. Um, so what was it like when the doors opened? The walls are all mirrored. I mean, this place is a little six by 10 room and it seats eight people. Mm-hmm. Table in the middle, four bar stools on each side. It was really dark, like red lighting. So a weird vibe when you're in there. When you look around, it's like everything's reflecting and <laughs> you got this red lighting. And then behind the bar is, is a gentleman named Mateo. So that was who took care of us uh, in the speakeasy. Behind the speakeasy was Mateo. And how many people were back there? There were two other couples. So there was just six of us. Okay. Did you ever find out what the criteria was 
for getting back No there. clue. Nope. I have no idea. I guess you just got to be one of the eight coolest people in the bar at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to ask any questions. I don't know if that's what it really is, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> uh, what, what did you get back there? That was where we ordered the pastrami sandwich. Okay. Because we actually had a dinner reservation that we ended up missing. And uh, I'm just like, all right, I need to get some food. I've heard a lot of things about Paradiso's pastrami sandwich. So we'll give it a shot. And it was one of the best pastrami sandwiches uh, I've ever had. That's that's pretty, that's that's high praise. Yeah. I mean, in my world, Cat's Deli in New York City and Manhattan is hands down by far the best pastrami sandwich. I'm sure that that there's a worldwide debate on who which deli has the best one, mm-hmm. but in my mind, Pat's Deli hands down, but this one was good. Very, very good. So once you had, yep. you know, a belly full of pastrami sandwich, yeah. uh, where did you go from there? All right, so now I don't feel like being adventurous anymore. I'm just going to go with a classic, so I ordered a Manhattan. Talking to Mateo, telling him a little bit about what we who we were, Bourbon Abroad and the podcast and all that stuff. He's just like, "Okay, so you drink a lot of Manhattans. And I said, well, it's, you know, it's one of my favorite drinks. And it's usually one of the drinks I order when I go to a bar. And he's just like, okay, so how do you make your Manhattan? So I'm kind of starting to explain it to him, like what I do, you know, and he's like acting like he's like getting nervous, like, oh man, you know, I don't know if I can, <laughs> you know? And then he's just like, well, how about this? How about you come back here and make it yourself? <laughs> Wait a second, what? Come on, why don't you come over here and make it yourself? Okay, let's do this. So... <laughs> <laughs> now, what's going through your head at the moment when you're invited to make your own cocktail at the inner speakeasy of the best bar possibly in the world? It was surreal. I can't even believe this is happening. I told Season, all right, you got to make sure you video this because I don't even know if I'm going to believe it tomorrow. So <laughs> we got to get evidence of this. So if I try to tell people this is what happened, they know I'm not full of it. <laughs> so so what did you do? How did you make it? I come back behind the bar with them. They happen to have bullet rye, which is what I use at right. home. I'm just going to go with what I know. Weirdest thing, dude. I've made hundreds of Manhattans. It was like my first time ever making a cocktail. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> uh, so I go back there, grab the bullet rye, Antica formula, the Angostura bitters. They had orange bitters and they, they had some cherry bitters. So I did a little bit of each with some ice in the cup, put it in the mixer stirred it up. While I was doing that, he was, he got out the coupe glass and, and put some ice in it for me and like chilled, chilled down, the coupe yeah. glass. He was assisting me, you know, he's like, we got the, the garnishes over here. He's putting the, the orange peel and the cherry and everything, getting it ready for me. Nice. He was just like, all right, after you make this, you know, I want to get a taste of this thing. So let him try it. And uh, he, he could have been lying to me for all I know, but he, I got the thumbs up. He said it was good. Hey, <laughs> take it. But hey, if we get a chance to interview him, we'll, I'll press him on that. I'll be like, all right, Mateo, I'm gonna what's find the real word? How, how'd I do? Did I, did, did I look like an amateur here? What, you know, how how this thing go down? I'm going to find out. <laughs> it was a surreal feeling. Dude, I'm in the number one bar in the world in the hidden speakeasy that most people don't even know, even if they've been to Paradiso, have no idea it even exists. Mm-hmm. And I'm behind the bar now making my own cocktail i'm like dude this is this is out of this world man no, no were, were the other guests there watching too and, oh yeah you know who's the, like what what's the deal man How, why does this guy get to do this that is cool yeah dude it was surreal. so were your feet still hitting the ground as you walked home or were you floating along on, on the experience i was just floating season was keeping me on earth she was holding me uh from floating away because 
like I said, when we got home, dude, I was just like, I got to call Shane. I got to call Shane and tell him this stuff. <laughs> and I had missed calls and text messages saying, call me. So yeah. I was like, ASAP. I'm like, well, either Season was kidnapped and is being held for ransom or something, or he just got to yeah, do something I'm really like cool. Shane. I'm like, Shane, I need your particular set of skills. <laughs> Season's been taken. <laughs> well, you're calling the wrong person. <laughs> Back in the old pager days, I would have sent you the old 911. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like one of the coolest cocktail bar experiences of all time. And that wraps up this episode. We want to thank you for listening. And don't forget to head over to bourbonabroad.com for links and photos of the places we visit. For Mike, I'm Shane, inviting you to join us next time as we travel the world one pour at a time. The Bourbon Abroad Podcast is a production of Bourbon Abroad and Corduroy Coat Media.